Hi, this is Bobby Hall, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our guest, Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon. Ron spent 35 years in network television, working behind the scenes in many capacities on more than 12,500 different TV broadcasts covering more than 130 different TV shows, including such variety series as The Lawrence Welk Show, The Frank Sinatra Show, The Ernie Kovac Specials, The Smothers Brothers Summer Series on ABC, The Hollywood Palace, and Shindig, as well as live events like the Academy Awards broadcast, sporting events such as the 1984 Summer Olympics, which is the program for which Ron won his Emmy Award, as well as many of the great game shows produced by Chuck Barris and Monty Hall. You can learn more about Ron and his career at ronbacon.net. When we went to break, Ron was telling us about his career on the Lawrence Welk Show, which began as stage manager on the show and eventually moved up to associate director and then director. Ron also gave us an idea of the family-like atmosphere that Welk created behind the scenes. I understand that at one point, Welk let your son conduct the band. Yes, he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lawrence was just a, I mean, he, he was a good friend. At one time or another, he invited me. I, I, I was in all of his homes, uh, spent nights there, you mm-hmm. know. He would let me use, if it wasn't in using his Escondido home, my family and I could go there. And he was great with my kids. He danced with my daughter. He let my son lead the band. I mean, my goodness. What a, I mean, how, how, how family can you get? And as you just alluded, Ron, he did not, I mean, he was a very successful man. He had a huge audience, but he did not take himself too seriously. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Very, very grounded man. We mentioned in our open that as part of your responsibility, as as part of your career at ABC TV in Los Angeles, at one point you worked a lot of the daytime game shows and some of the, in in the case of uh, both Let's Make a Deal and many of the Chuck Barris shows, game shows, they were also on primetime. How did you find yourself working game shows, Ron? Well, you know, the fact was that our staff was very small at ABC, and so we got assigned to everything. You know, it wasn't unusual to work two or three different shows in a single day. You might you might be doing a, a game show. For example, I, me- I remember I was doing an afternoon show from Jack Bailey. He was the uh, uh, queen for a day queen, show. Queen for a day. Okay, so I would I'd get there I don't know early in the morning and we'd rehearse that show. And then when it went on the air live, <clears throat> it was in the afternoon. Then I had a break, and then I would go and do a game show at night. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of hours. Yeah. At one point, you joked about working 100-hour weeks. I don't know whether that's a stretch or not, but... Uh... Well, it was, it was close to that a lot of times. I mean, because we'd also be working on weekends, you know. And... Like Lawrence Welk was uh, was on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. That was that was what we did. And a lot of game shows in the seventies, as, as an example, a lot of those shows were filmed. They were filmed like five shows at a time on a Saturday. Right. Uh, we yeah. do, and even when I worked with Dick Clark, we we did five American Bandstands. Now that's that's an hour show. You know? Yeah. And we do five of those in a row. 
one day. I mean, that's a that's a long day. Dick Clark, I have been told by people who knew him and who worked with him that you know, forget the fact that he was a visionary. Forget the fact that he built an empire, an entertainment empire. The one thing that's consistent from what I've learned from people who knew Dick Clark is that he was another guy, never let his success go to his head. He was hands-on, very approachable. He knew the name of everybody on the set and their family members. That's true. And, you know, what, what I think was really interesting was he would promote people from his staff. The guy who was originally in the parking lot became a producer. Wow. <laughs> uh, one of the girls who was just a, an ordinary secretary, he was supposed to do a, a I don't know, it was, it was a show like Rock on New Year's Eve or something. She'd become a writer. He would assign people. You would say, well, why wouldn't you go out and get the most qualified? Well, you don't know. These, these people all get a chance, you know. He recognized talent. He just gave these kids a chance, and I, I, I think that was a wonderful thing. He was a very down-to-earth guy, really. And as you say, his success never went to his head, ever. Monty Hall, I mentioned this before we started recording, I had the pleasure of talking to Monty Hall about a year or two before he passed. Ron, and what I enjoyed learning the most about that conversation with Ronnie Hall was all the stuff he did behind the scenes that people didn't know about. He, he was way more than just let's make a deal. He produced a lot of game shows. Yeah, he was a, he was a busy, busy guy. And I'll tell you, working on one of those shows was intense because it was, the scheduling was very tight. And there wasn't a whole lot of room to do anything but do the show. I mean, it was busy, busy, busy. And uh, extremely well organized. All of his shows, extremely well organized. And uh, the biggest issue was the huge number of people that would turn out to be on the shows. You know, being game shows, they wanted to participate. Mm -hmm. And you see all these... Kids standing around in a pizza suit. <laughs> yes, with, with with let's make a deal. Yes, especially. Yeah. But but it was fun. You know, it was a it was a fun thing. But everybody did their job with great professionalism. I mean, just bing, bam, boom. It wasn't. It wasn't a whole lot of socializing. It just went. The shows went on on time. They got off on time. And it was very. Very little deviation. He was a, a good employer, as far as I can tell. I mean, certainly good to his people. Yeah, that is what I understand. Now, of course, you worked on Let's Make a Deal, which, as you mentioned, we remember that because it was an audience participation show. You had all the people in the crazy get-ups and Monty work in the audience, as well as throwing it to Carol Merrill and, and that. But you also worked on Split Second, which was my favorite Monty Hall show, which is a totally different show, but that was like... That, watching that show was like watching the cars run the Indianapolis 500. That was go, go, go. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fast-moving thing, I'll tell you. Now, when I think about game shows, I also have to mention Mark Goodson. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of his stuff. And uh, at one time, I was a standby director for one of his shows. But Mark was a really interesting man, uh, 
driven kind of guy, as so many of those producers are. Uh, but Mark and I had a little little bit of a falling out one time. Uh, I was working on it. I, my job was as associate director was to get the show off on time, and, and I had rules that I had to follow about the credits. The credits weren't allowed to last more than 30 seconds. So we're doing this one of his game shows, and uh, Mark's there and uh, sitting next to me, really. And he said, let let the credits run long. And I said, Mark, we can't do that, because I'm working for ABC, and I'm working on the, the <laughs> Mark's show. I'm still working for ABC. Yeah. So I said, Mark, we can't do that. And he said, let the credits run long. And I said, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And I, and I, I held my ground. So then after the show, he said, okay, you're fired. And then he said, no, you're not fired, but <laughs> but you're fired. <laughs> he couldn't make up with mind what he wanted to do. He said, you can't do that to me. Well, yeah. He, Tell he, me what to do. <laughs> I said, I have to. It's my job. Yeah, and plus he couldn't fire you because I mean he he may have said okay Ron I don't want I don't want you working on Family Feud in, anymore but he could have kicked me off the show and then who's he going to get yeah <laughs> you know what's going to change <laughs> but so then another time later I'm I'm assigned to a show and uh, his line producer didn't like me because his girlfriend was a script girl. Found me attractive. Well, I didn't. <laughs> but she was always. It was an evident thing. She was trying to to get my attention all the time. <laughs> and, and he didn't. That was his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so he really had it in for me, and uh, I would I would I would be battling with him all the time about stuff. At one time, I I they were, I was assigned to a show, and he was. They tried to sabotage me. I had there was a brand new startup for one of his game shows, and there was a, a lot of difficulty with the uh, computer programming running the gadgets that were part of the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a neighbor engineer who was not particularly experienced running a switcher when I had to queue, and so things weren't weren't going swimmingly. <laughs> and uh, so Mark fired me off the show, and I went up to him later, and I said, well, Mark, I just want you to know that I did my very best work for you. I tried very hard to make this thing work, and I said, uh, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to, to reach your expectation. So a couple of days later, I get a letter in the mail from Mark, and he's apologizing to me for firing me. Crazy. It sounds like, Ron, he respected you for standing your ground and trying to explain the big picture to him, whether he liked it or not. And and from what I understand about Mark Goodson is that he could be difficult that way, but you were not cowed by him. No, I never. Well, I wasn't intimidated by anybody. And yeah. I, I don't know why. <laughs> What right did I have to not be intimidated? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy to be intimidated because you had all these other shows to run. When I was working on a work show, uh, they wanted to create a new opening, and Lawrence had some idea about 
what we should do, and everybody knew that it wasn't a very good idea, and nobody spoke up. And I said, Lawrence, this isn't going to work. It's not a great idea. And everybody looked at me like, you're a madman. <laughs> you know, you're contradicting Welk? You know? Well, I did. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't not let him know that it wasn't the best idea. Well, they went ahead with it, and it lasted one one time, and then I, they went back to the formula that I had suggested for the opening. It was just a question of, you know, when to do the applause and what to do, you know, at the very opening of the show. But they eventually adopted what I what I wanted to happen <laughs> from a musical point of view. <laughs> to what? It's amazing. To, very amazing. Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon is on the line with us to share a few stories about his 35-year career in network television, mostly with ABC in Los Angeles. You can follow Ron Bacon on Facebook as well as ronbacon.net. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. To what extent did you interact with the on-air talent of the various game shows that you worked with because when you did Goods and Todman shows, you worked with Alan. I mean, Alan Ludden hosted Password. You, were, you worked with Password for many years. Jim Lang, The Dating Game. Monty Hall, of course, hosted Let's Make a Deal. Well, um, Jim Lang was a you know a good friend, and and I I worked with all these guys, and in different capacities, different times. They were mostly the guys like the the game show hosts were really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really easy to work with. I I never. Just didn't ever have any problems. But I remember uh, there was a show called You Asked For It. Do you remember that show? Yeah, Jack Smith, correct? Yeah, I don't remember. Was, was it Jack? No. Oh, Art Baker. Okay, Art Baker, that's right. So anyway, <laughs> the director was a was a really tough guy. He had tattoos and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he had... I think he had some career as a boxer or something. But he was a he was a mean son of a bitch, and he ran a tight ship. I mean, he he rehearsed the heck out of everything. But he, the problem was he would over rehearse. I mean, he would just do things to death. And one time we had a dog act. The dog was was gonna walk a tightrope, which was very unusual that a dog could do something like that. And somebody asked for it. Anyone? You know, and. <laughs> So the dog was, his, his paws were, were hurting, you know. <laughs> when he went to the, do the show, the dog just plopped. <laughs> he couldn't walk. <laughs> then there was another story, and I don't know whether, but this is a, there was a, somebody said they wanted to see somebody jump out of a, an airplane and, and live without a parachute. So they got a stuntman. Without a parachute? <laughs> Not a oh my God! <laughs> so they got a stunt man who agrees to. I mean, people are absolutely nuts. They get a stunt man who's agreed to do this, and so they're, you know, they're, I don't know what altitude they were at or what, you know, but so they get the little airplane and if they're going and the this, this director is there, and the guy the guy freaks out. He doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> so the director pushes him out. of Pushes him out of the plane. <laughs> you asked for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean. To, I don't mean to laugh at this, but it just sounds. It's. It's. It sounds too bizarre to believe. But I. I do remember that was the premise 
of that show. I mean, they would do whatever. Yeah, that's what they do. No matter what it was, they'd do it. You know. Yeah. Another time we had a guy. He would. It uh, was. He went in his coffin, and they put the coffin underwater. Mm-hmm. And he was under the. You know, at the end of the show, he's supposed to pop out. Well, at the end of the show, they open the coffin. It's full of water, and the guy's. He's. He's. I have gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You never knew. Another time there was a rattlesnake loose on the set, you know. Somebody wanted rattlesnakes. Well, they, they got them. Well, they, the rattlesnakes got away. <laughs> Everybody's running. Oh, where the heck are the rattlesnakes? to get the crew. And there was a, the funniest one. I, I, this is cruel. It is. It is cruel. <laughs> but I'm laughing. I'm. I, well, no, that's that's why I caught myself too. But I'm having a little mini epiphany, Ron. If <laughs> if you ever wonder where shows like MTV Jackass came from, it probably came from it, it kind of something like that. Right? Yeah, it probably this came from was, Emmy Award winner Ron Bacon is on the line with us. Ron spent 35 years in network TV production, mostly with ABC in Los Angeles, working on a variety of shows covering almost every type of network TV programming imaginable. Ron will be back at the end of our second hour to share a few more memories of his network TV career. Please stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take a quick timeout. Then award-winning film director Michelle Danner will join us. We come back on TV Confidential. One more item, if you love Ella Fitzgerald, our friend Jeffrey Mark celebrates the music of the First Lady of Song every week on Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella. You can hear Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.